Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, a strong and powerful Joseph DeSalvo. Joe, are you ready to do this? I am. Let's do it. Excellent. Let's let's do this. Joe is a CHFC. He is an AIF. He is a financial services disruptor, educator, retirement income, and investment specialist, and the author of Income for Life, The Retiree's Guide to Creating Income from Savings. I'm excited to have you on. Joe, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Thank you again for having me, George. I appreciate it. Um, So personally, I've got uh, two kids, 22 and 24. Uh, They were pretty much out of the house, but as a result of COVID-19, they're back home. Back in. Back in, (laughs) yep. And it's been been much more of a blessing, uh, but it does get a little tiring having adult men at the house all of a sudden. Um, I am a exercise junkie. I love to be outdoors, whether it's trail running or mountain biking. Uh, I love to go to the national parks. I've photographed a bunch of national parks. And I've been in the business for about 25 years, I think it is. Um, and the very simple why I'm in the business is I truly love to help people about money, George. Nice. I appreciate that. So, 22 and 24-year-old grown adult kids back at home now. You are probably trying to get out of your house and go on really long runs because of that, and it's good that you're an exercise junkie. So, Yep, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Appreciate it's that. It's been much more than good, though, for sure. It's having them around has been great. Yeah, good, good, good. We were joking a little bit uh, before we got started. He said, well, how many kids do you have? I said, well, I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old and a, a nine-month-old. And he said, you are you are working hard. So just different different uh, parts of life, right? Different stages for sure, and and they're all and they're all good. And when they're gone, you 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 kind of want them back. I'd love to have back a little bit about what you have. Not full time, mind you. Right. Uh, but you know, maybe one weekend a quarter would be great. Okay. And I think that that sort of plays in nicely to what we're talking about today. These different stages of life, different seasons. How, how, however, we want to describe that. Um, it's one thing to accumulate assets for retirement, right? It's it's one thing to do a great job saving. But then here I am, ready to stop working. What do I do? And that's not easy. Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's a huge contrast. We in the book we talk about the accumulation years. You know, those 30s, 40s, even early 50s, where you're earning, saving, you're you're building your future. Uh, all of a sudden, though, to your point, you are now 55 plus, let's say, and you are at the the doorstep of what we call the distribution years. Uh, and no longer, I mean, you might be working, obviously, but maybe you're, you know, you're starting to kind of wind down from work or you're fully, you know, retiring. And you're not necessarily saving for the future anymore. In fact, you're starting to draw on those savings for the first time uh, because the future really is right now. And the, and the contrast between those two time periods, as well as the contrast really between our parents' retirement and the baby boomers' retirement is, is radically different. 
that's it's it's totally shifted, right? It, it has in a lot of ways. If you think about our parents, George, I mean, they, for the most part, they retired around age 65. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them had a formal pension plan that was going to pay them an income for the rest of their life. Uh, they had Social Security, and uh, there were no necessarily problems or concerns around Social Security. And they didn't live as active lives, and they didn't live as long. Mm-hmm. Um, and you contrast that with today's, the, you know, the baby boom generation really and going forward from there. Um, first off, people really don't have pensions unless they work for, you know, the government in some capacity, whether it be the federal government or a state or local government. They don't really have pensions in, in a formal sense anymore. They've been tasked with saving on their own via, you know, some sort of pre-tax retirement account, 401k, 403b, and, and, and the likes. Uh, they retire earlier. They're a lot more active. It's not uncommon to see people living into their 90s, and uh, we all know somebody that has got family in, in, in their 100s, their yeah. centennials, I guess they call it. And, you know, not only not only does does school not teach you really the basics of personal finance and the basics of investment management 101, but now you've got to figure out how do I tap my savings for a paycheck and how do I take that savings and when I say savings George I mean their you know their 401k their stocks their bonds their mutual funds how do I take that savings and convert it to a paycheck that grows over a multi-decade retirement that is entirely different than our parents retirement yeah and hopefully people are starting to catch up with that a, 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 a little bit, that the responsibility for actually accumulating those assets and saving, and I, I think that we are slowly but surely, uh, but you bring up such a such a huge opportunity, problem, uh, and it sounds funny to think about living a long life as a problem, but it really is, potentially. It, it, it's, got, it's got a little bit of both, for sure. Um, I mean, you know, if you're fortunate, like my, uh, I think about my mother-in-law in particular, who's 91 years of age, she's still got a pretty good quality of life. Actually, she's got an excellent quality of life. Uh, you know, thank God for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, they are financially sound. Um, but, you know, that could easily go the other way. There's, a, there's people that are, A, not financially sound, or maybe they are financially sound, but they just don't have their health, but yet they're you know they're alive so and then there's health care costs and what happens if I go into a nursing home so living a long time is really it could be a blessing and a curse and it's probably a little bit of both yeah it's certainly something that it's it's, it's both those things and it's it's one of those things that you have to do your best to plan for because there are a lot of for lack of a better term risks that you just touched on right there it's like the the longer you live the higher your odds are of probably having some kind of a, a need for, for more health care. And obviously, every year that you live, you're going to need a year's worth of income and, and all these things. So need to be planning for these things. Yeah, one of the things uh, we tell, uh, especially workshop participants, so we do a lot of public workshops. And, and one of the things we, we typically try to impress upon people in those workshops is that if you're lucky, you know, taxes will be your biggest expense in retirement. Healthcare will be you know, right behind that. And if you're not lucky, healthcare is going to be your biggest expense, and taxes will be your second biggest expense. So it is, you know, aging, aging productively, gerontology, as they refer to it, uh, is 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 really on some level. It's 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 the way you take care of yourself, particularly as you enter your fifties, uh, and it's a little bit of luck of the draw. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So you use the 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 language of paycheck. Why mm-hmm. why did you choose to use that term? People understand a paycheck. They understand a paycheck. Um, they want a paycheck. Um, you know, they they understand the need for a paycheck. Um, and and more and more, I think one of the things I personally took away. I co-authored the book. Um, I didn't write it by myself. I, I wrote it with my my partner, um, Marie Medaris. And um, one of the things I took away from the book is. I always thought I was good at communicating this this technical stuff clearly to you know the end user consumer, uh, and when you read what you wrote, that's not always the case. Right. The paycheck is something that people just understand fundamentally, um, so that's why we use paycheck. Nice, yeah. It is something that that most of us are accustomed to getting a couple of times a month, and why wouldn't I want that moving forward? So. Yep. So, so how does how how does one begin this process of of creating income from savings? Well, I think you could uh, say read the book. Uh, it will give you some 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 clues. Actually, it give you a really good roadmap. I think the book um, for all the things that I think you would do over if you wrote another book that experience teaches you. I I do think we do a good job of laying out uh, a fundamental process for. Um, creating a paycheck from savings. But I think it really begins with starting to put risk in perspective. And uh, when most people think about risk, uh, they think about, and, and as pertain to you know their investments, they think about market risk. And, and that's fine. We can't ignore market risk. But for a retiree, there are five unique risks that they really need to think about. Um, and so we break them down into two short-term risks, a straddle risk, and then two uh, longer-term risks. So the short-term risks are going to be the obvious of market uh, risk, meaning things can go up and down in value. Um, the second short-term risk is we have is withdrawal risk, and withdrawal risk comes into play when I've got to take money out of an investment portfolio and markets decline. Uh, that is something you probably want to avoid. Your straddle risk, because it's something you need to work on on a year-to-year basis, and it's also a very big long-term risk, is tax, because most people have accumulated most of their wealth for retirement in those pre-tax accounts, and um, you know they come to us very proud. I've, you know, saved whatever I've saved. I've saved a million and a half dollars. I've saved two million dollars in my pre-tax account, and you have to gently remind them that the IRS has got a mortgage on that. Mm. Um, at no less than 25% in most cases. And then you've got your two longer-term risks, which are inflation and longevity. And longevity, we kind of look at and we say, look, that's two things. It's the risk of living too long, kind of what we were talking about before. And the second thing it is, is it's increased cost of healthcare expenses. Um, And so those are the five risks. And when you when you help people to think through those risks and then you have them prioritize them, inevitably, in the majority of the situations, what becomes the most important risk is inflation. Things will get more expensive, you know, so my cable bill is going to go up, my property taxes are going to go up, everything's going to get more expensive. I've got to protect purchasing power. Now, they don't talk about purchasing power necessarily like that, but that's in essence what they're saying. Um, and once you, once you understand that that really should be the 
key fundamental in retirement. I mean, if you ask me what is the one thing that every retiree needs to focus on, I would say it's the protection of purchasing power. Hmm. Everything else is just kind of smoke. If you can't protect purchasing power, there's a problem. Um, now, once they understand that, they're you can start to kind of break the shackles of um, conventional wisdom. And one of the things conventional wisdom says is as I get older and I get towards retirement, I should become more conservative with my investments. And they think of cash and they think of bonds. And those things belong in any retiree's portfolio. But the reality and the fact both um, you know, over you know, 100 plus years of, of history, uh, and certainly over my lifetime of 54 years and any client's lifetime of you know, e- upwards of 85 years, let's say, the only thing that's going to help you protect a growing paycheck is having money invested the right way in the best companies of the world through common stock. That is the only way to do that. Now, you've got to have a mechanism for managing those short-term risks in particular, but when you can help people to understand that one fundamental concept, that one thing right there is going to help them to grow a paycheck for a multi-decade retirement. And we have seen this happen in, you know, so this is not just academic. It is somewhat academic statement that I'm making, but also backed up by reality. We've got clients at this point in our late 80s that have been retired over 25 years. Nice. So protecting purchasing power, that, that's really the key in breaking through, breaking those shackles of what conventional wisdom tells us to do and the best way, the most effective way, the only way to potentially do that is by investing in the best companies in the world through a common stock. Correct. Okay. So that's actually owning the actual stocks or are we talking about using some kind of a, a, a different tool? Um, you know, it, it, that, that, that's situational. Uh, okay. those, are, those, are, those are, yeah, that's situational. Um, ideally, for most people, especially in their, their, their pre-tax accounts, good index funds or, or, or good ETFs will probably serve them best uh, on, on, on multiple fronts. As you, as you move into their non-taxable accounts, individual securities for, for tax reasons could make lots of sense. Yeah, I appreciate that. So when you're having this conversation with people and you're going through these five different risks that that, that we're going to face in our retirement years um, and you're helping people to prioritize and sort of come to terms or come to grips with um, with these things and then you start talking through the options, uh, are these things that people have ever thought about before? Um, there's a yes and a no to that. Um so the yes is, I think, you know, instinctively we all understand that things are going to get more expensive mm-hmm. as we get older. But I think, I think the average consumer, we always talk about three numbers in our workshops, uh, and we talk about it in the book as well. Three numbers that every retiree needs to have. Number one, what do I really need to finance my lifestyle? And, and you got to, you know, people need to break down lifestyle into, you know, need, what do I really need to absolutely have happen and want, right? Um, So that's the first number. What does my retirement, what is my retirement going to cost me? What kind of paycheck do I need? The second number is how does it have to grow over time? Um, In a lot of cases, people 
don't know that second number. They have a vague idea sometimes, or sometimes they really know that first number dialed in, but they don't necessarily truly understand how that number needs to grow at normal rates of inflation. And when you illustrate that to them, just, you know, kind of, you know, really with a basic 12C calculator, uh, they take a step back. They're like, wow, I never, I never thought about that, right? Uh, and then the third number that they need to understand is what am I going to need before taxes in order to do all this? Um, so they're, they're not necessarily thinking about it in those terms. In terms of risk, in a lot of cases, they're not considering withdrawal risk. And that is, you know, market risk in the short term is not what you need to worry about. It's withdrawal risk. I need to take money out. I didn't plan for that taking money out when markets go down. If you had to take money out, let's say in March, because you had a uh, you know a uh, uh, big bill coming up, that was problematic, and that is wealth destructive. So they're not necessarily considering that. Nobody's giving them guidance on taxes. Nobody's giving them guidance on taxes. So that's always an eye opener for them in a lot of cases. They know they've got to pay taxes. They don't like taxes, <laughs> but they don't really understand how detrimental the government's default tax plan can be particularly for the people that have got a lot of money saved in their IRA, 401k. Yeah, that's an unfortunate reality. Did you use the term that, 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 that they've mortgaged your retirement? What was the term? That uh, you... the, the, the IRS has got a mortgage on their that's retirement. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, I was reading an article over the past, well, now, now it, it all sort of runs together, but it's talking about how a 401k is the traditional 401k is not necessarily serving us, and that's really what that's going to. Um, and you know, who who knows where tax rates are going in the future? But the fundamental thing that we need to be thinking about and be cognizant of is is yeah, how much money are you actually going to have after everybody takes their piece of it? So, mm-hmm. I appreciate that, Joe. Good stuff. Well, Joe, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Uh, I guess, you know, of the things that we covered, the difference-making tip would probably be the primary consideration in retirement has to be the protection of purchasing power. If, if you can't solve for that one, um, you know, everybody worries about running out of money, and that's a legitimate worry. Uh, if you can't solve for purchase, you know, protecting purchasing power, you're guaranteed to go into principle on a year-over-year basis. It's different than going into principle, you know, every so often, but you're going to go into principle on a year-over-year basis, and then it really kind of becomes a foot race. What happens first? And it sounds kind of stark, George, but do I run out of money first, or, you know, do I go on to, you know, uh, the afterlife first? Um, And it's not a foot race you want to be in. I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. And I agree, that is not a foot race that we are interested in being in. And the only way that we know if we're going to be in that foot race or not is to actually pull back the curtain and look at everything and then start to put a plan together for doing all this. So I appreciate that. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can you get the book? And where can they engage with you? So the best thing to do is to go to our book website, uh, and that is www.incomeforlifebook.com. And on that site, there is a link to our book. Um, There is also our blog. Uh, So every article that we've published and we, uh, you know, over the years is on on, on that blog. 
Soon, coming soon is going to be a whole bunch of video content about all things retirement income planning related. Uh, so we can, you know, we hope to really kind of build out a nice library of content for you know people over the age of 55 that are starting to ask themselves, okay, um, I'm about to retire. Uh, now what? How do I plan for this effectively? Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Joe your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to IncomeForLifeBook.com. Get a copy of the book, read the blog, uh, take advantage of all the great resources, and keep an eye out for that video content coming soon. Thank you again, Joe. Thank you, George. It's been great. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.